When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Kyler Murray's patience paid off, and he is a rich man headed into his fourth season. The Arizona Cardinals quarterback agreed to a five-year, $230.5 million extension. 160 of that is fully guaranteed. And while those numbers are considerable, they may not have that much of an effect on that other quarterback. We're all waiting to see get his new deal. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and streaming live on ESPN. Plus, Courtney Cronin, Field Yates, sitting in for Greeny on this Friday morning. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance, here to help you score big savings. To see how much you can save on auto insurance, visit Progressive.com. So, Field, when I took a look at this deal yesterday and trying to parse through the numbers after we heard the initial report of five years, 230.5, my brain initially goes to, wow, that sounds very similar to what Deshaun Watson got from the Cleveland Browns when he was traded from Houston to Cleveland back in March. But these two contracts are considerably different when you take a look at what the guarantees are. Yes, Kyler Murray is being paid $46.1 million per year on an average annual basis, but that $160, $160 million fully guaranteed is vastly different from what Deshaun Watson earned, a full $230 million guaranteed from the Browns. It is, Courtney. And first of all, great to be on with you. Looking forward to talking so excited for all today. kinds of things for the next couple of hours here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. And so I, I don't know that I necessarily envisioned that I would right away start talking about the Deshaun Watson factor in this Kyler Murray deal, but let's have at it. $230 million fully guaranteed, $70 million more than Kyler Murray. And I actually think this is much more about the Browns than it is about Arizona and Kyler Murray in this instance. The Browns paid a player embroiled in 24 civil lawsuits $230 million guaranteed. If there was ever a time where it might seem like Deshaun Watson, if you take away the, like, it, it, from a pure football standpoint, would be the one that has less leverage in a negotiation, is not able to be as strong willed as $230 million would suggest, you would think that while he is again embroiled in 24 civil lawsuits, that would be the time. Instead, this deal that felt like an outlier at the time strikes me as even more of an outlier than ever because while Kyler Murray is imperfect, he has not yet won a playoff game. He has not yet won, I mean, obviously he hasn't won an MVP, he hasn't taken that team anywhere close to the Super Bowl. This Arizona Cardinals franchise and some of the people that are primarily responsible for it, including GM Steve Kime, was at risk of nosediving after before, well i mean they they did nosedive they nose they nosedived all the way to the first overall pick when Kyler Murray was selected out of Oklahoma in 2019 like there was some significant flight risk when uh at the time of of Steve Kime selecting Kyler Murray you would think that if anybody 
would you know be able to be willing to bend over backwards and basically pay whatever it took to get the Kyler Murray deal done, it would be this Cardinals current administration. And yet Kyler Murray's guarantees can't even come close to Deshaun Watson's guarantees, which tells you again just how peculiar the decision was by the Browns to pay Deshaun Watson $230 million fully guaranteed. I get it. We all get it. We know how talented he is as a football player. But as far as football talent is concerned, it's far from the primary issue right now involving Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and that contract itself is an anomaly and probably will remain an anomaly because of the way that these deals are structured. Until quarterbacks are the ones demanding having fully guaranteed contracts, we haven't seen this happen all that often before. Deshaun Watson this year, before that, I mean, Kirk Cousins in his three-year, uh, three-year fully guaranteed $84 million contract that he got from Minnesota. We've seen some that are almost fully guaranteed, like right. just you know, right below that threshold. But it's not something that happens all that often. And there's reasons for it, but I don't feel like NFL owners are going to take Deshaun Watson's contract uh, into, into account and say, well, all of our contracts need to be structured like this just because yeah. of what Cleveland did with Deshaun Watson back in March, but Kyler Murray is a rich man after getting his big deal on Thursday, agreeing to a five-year, $230.5 million contract with $160 million guaranteed on the cusp of training camp. We remember what this whole saga looked like yeah. all off-season long, deleting Instagram posts or archiving them maybe. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> there. But beyond that, Steve Gein, the general manager, said no, Kyler Murray wouldn't be traded. He ends up holding true to his word there. Kyler holds out, and then he comes to the end of the off-season program, and he gets rewarded with a very big contract. Did the Arizona Cardinals have have to do this though. That's what Bill Barnwell was on Spain and Fitz yesterday discussing about how the this extension felt inevitable for the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. I mean, I think the alternative is, is so scary. You know, for the Cardinals, a team that tried to draft Josh Rosen and then after a year said, "Oh, I don't want to do that anymore," and, and just bailed on him and drafted Kyler. You know, I think there's not a lot of confidence that they're going to get someone as good as Kyler Murray if they kind of start this process over again. You know, Cliff Kingsbury might be coaching for his job this year. I know Steve Kime just got an extension, but, I mean, Steve Kime's resume, if Kyler Murray doesn't work out, is kind of, you know, certainly iffy to say the least. So, you know, I think this organization is invested in the idea that Kyler Murray is a superstar franchise quarterback. And, hey, we know Kyler Murray can be that guy for stretches, but has he done it for an entire NFL season? Mm, I'm not sure. This is Greeny, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin Field, Yates sitting in for Greeny. So that's the question. Is Kyler Murray worth all of the the, the $160 million fully guaranteed in the $230.5 million contract that he just got? And you have to ask yourself, what metric are you looking at? He could be anywhere from a top eight to a top 15 quarterback. And I think that you'd look back at last season, like what Bill was getting at, because I do our MVP file for ESPN.com. And I remember the first seven weeks of the season, Kyler's at the top of that list. He misses a couple games because of the ankle injury and the Arizona Cardinals fall off a cliff there at the end of the year. So consistently, no, we haven't seen it yet. Consistently, we have a small sample size that we're going off of with his first three years in the NFL. And the guy has not won a playoff game yet, but Big picture-wise, I don't know that Arizona had any other choice but to go ahead and give Kyler Murray this extension when they did 
because the alternative really is scary. You're starting over at a position that you've constantly been starting over at, and we're hoping and are still hoping you get it right with Kyler Murray. Totally, Courtney. And I, so let me start by this, uh, by saying this, is that I generally accept the premise that when a quarterback is above a certain threshold as a player and is amenable to signing an extension, that a team is almost backed into a corner that you have to do it. Um, As the Ravens are learning right now, when a quarterback does not have an extension in hand, it's pretty much all-consuming. It's the only thing we talk about with the Ravens right now. Mm -hmm. John Harbaugh is going to be asked about it every single day until a deal is done with Lamar Jackson. Eric DaCosta, the GM, is going to have to make plans for his roster with or without a Lamar Jackson extension on the books. It affects everything, right? Now, I think it's also clear that when these deals are done with quarterbacks, usually they diverge down one of two very different paths. One is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, where Mahomes made $450 million on the extension, and he's already vastly underpaid, right, two years later. I mean, Mahomes is making less per year than Kyler Murray. He's way better. Josh Allen is making $43 million per year, which sounds like a lot of money. It is. He's also underpaid relative to guys who are now making more than him on a per-year basis. That is road one. Road two is Carson Wentz and Jared Goff where you do the deal early because it behooves your organization to have the certainty and the clarity, and those players are in the organization's mind above that threshold that merits a long-term deal. The problem is the contract doesn't age so well, and that's what we have to find out. And there are reasons for people to have some skepticism and some doubt and some fear that Kyler could be that road that we just discussed with Wentz and also Jared Goff. There was a report from Mort on Super Bowl Monday, uh, Super Bowl morning this year. This wasn't like five years ago, Courtney. This was five months ago where Kyler was being described by sources as self-centered, immature, a finger pointer. Like, that's not the kind of thing that you just, hey, you good? I'm good. All right, we're cool. No big deal. Like, that's the kind of thing that represents to me like legitimate frustration. So I think that's what we're going to have to find out over these next few years is, Kyler, if he plays like he did the first half of last year, will become a bargain over the next couple of years because other guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson are going to get paid. If Kyler does not, or if he plays like he did down the stretch last year and the year prior to that, then all of a sudden we're going to be saying, yikes, Arizona may not have had much of a choice at the time, but they backed themselves into a corner. Yeah, and that's that's always what we end up debating with these quarterback contracts when you kind of ask yourself, when is the, when are we going to hit the ceiling? Because the numbers are going to keep going up and up and up. And while the Arizona Cardinals may have had no choice but to go ahead and get this deal done now because – what are their other options? That's something else you have to ask yourselves for a team that in the NFC West feels like it can contend for the playoffs, feels like it's probably the second or third best team in that division behind the Los Angeles Rams. You got to get the quarterback position right in order to get there. But Kyler Murray will make $46.1 million on average. He's the second, that's the second highest in NFL history behind what Aaron Rodgers is making off of this new contract, $50.1 million. And you got to ask yourself the next question. What is what does this mean for Lamar Jackson? What does it mean for Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow? What do those deals look like down the line? Murray's deal actually might look a little cheaper after those guys 
get their extensions down the line. Kyler Murray was in the zone last night, in the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Not everybody is a fan, though, of this extension. Coming up next, there's one NFL insider who's going to tell you why the Kyler Murray deal isn't exactly the right move for the Arizona Cardinals. This is Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray agrees to a five-year extension is worth $230.5 million. This is something that both sides have talked about and wanted to do throughout the entire offseason. He's a really special player. He has unique talents in terms of his ability as a runner, his ability as a passer with how developed he is this early in his career. The Cardinals are betting on Kyler Murray and betting big Kyler Murray's five-year extension that he agreed to on Thursday ties him to the Arizona Cardinals for the next six seasons. Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Field Yates sitting in for Greeny on this Friday morning. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone Auto Zone. Let's tap in now with ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum here to break down a little bit more of the Kyler Murray five-year, $230.5 million extension. Mike, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I, I know that the Arizona Cardinals probably felt like they were backed into a corner. Some of it is their own doing here with, with Kyler Murray and having to give him this deal now. But in the big picture, was this the right move for the Cardinals? I think it was too soon, and I don't think they were backed into a corner because he was under contract for this year. Certainly for next year, they could have had him play out the option and would have had uh, the franchise tag in the back in his back pocket. So I have not seen all the details in fairness, but um, I think the average per year, at least as, as it's being reported, seems to be high to me. And uh, well, I think he's a good player. I don't see him as a great player. So, Mike, uh, first of all, thanks so much for joining us, as always. Mike is like ESPN Radio's perpetual guest. You need someone to come join the show, Mike Tannenbaum's going to be available. 
Mike T, I understand exactly the logic you lined up in terms of like, hey, financially, it could be more responsible if you play it out, you let it, you string it out a year, and you, you, you potentially sort of have Kyler earn this more. Let him prove to you that he deserves this $46.1 million per year extension. That part I get. I want to ask you to sort of tap into your GM hat from the human side of it. When Kyler clearly wants an extension, his agent's been talking about this publicly for months. How much of that dynamic do you think has to come into play here? That if you don't do this extension, Kyler could potentially be discontent and the entire organization could be answering questions about it from now until the next offseason ahead. Yeah, well, as always, great to be with you guys. And uh, I'd say, look, you got to deal with those sort of like squeaky wheel problems when you're running a team. He's a great, he has a chance to be a great player. He's a good player. Quarterbacks are hard to find. I just was very disappointed um, how he handled it. I think you mentioned it. You know, he was extension eligible for about 10 seconds field when he was carping for a new deal. I don't <laughs> think that's the way to handle it. You, you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott and the elegance in, in how they've approached things. Um, I think there's a time and a place to handle things, and I don't think he handled it correctly. Um, and, again, when you go early, it has to make sense for both sides. Obviously, Kyler Murray got uh, – tremendous amount of security which he deserves generational wealth which he deserves but if i was the cardinals i would have tried to be below 40 million dollars per year you look at amari cooper leaving Dak prescott terry kill leaving patrick Mahomes, Devontae adams you know leaving the packers and that would be a concern you know will certain cardinals have to leave because of this extension espn nfl front office insider mike tannenbaum joins courtney cronin and field field yates here on greeny so of course, we want to project this out and now figure out what does Kyler Murray's extension mean for others who are in line to get extensions. And, of course, Lamar Jackson is at the top of the list. Am I wrong for thinking that this has truly no bearing in, in the general sense on what Lamar Jackson, a former unanimous NFL MVP with two playoff appearances and one playoff win, all of those which Kyler Murray does not have, like this not affecting what Lamar Jackson's deal is going to turn out to be? Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I just walk in and say, Mr. Bashadi, you're the owner of the Ravens. I'm not going to take five cents less than Deshaun Watson. Um, you don't have to pay me more, but if I want a fully guaranteed contract like he does, and Kyla Murray is in his rearview mirror. Mike, so we are now, if my math is correct, <clears throat> which it might not be, we're about six, seven months away from a new wave of quarterbacks being extension eligible. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert amongst them. Where are we headed with these quarterback contract deals? Yeah, Field, that's the question that a lot of people around the league are asking, which is, is Deshaun Watson aberrational? Is that, you know, uh, the trend, a new trend? And when you look at Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, you know, most of them are sort of like they're substantial guarantees, but then they sort of burn off after the first three years or they're partially guaranteed for injury. And I think that's the world that um, – everyone's kind of waiting on is like where, what buckets do Burrow and Herbert go in? Do they go into the Deshaun Watson one or do they sort of coalesce around those other deals? And um, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And, you know, is Cleveland aberrational or is it the start of a new trend? What does this do for the Arizona Cardinals in terms of the expectations for them in 2022, given where they were last year? When they start out the season, Kyler Murray is an MVP candidate. He's, he's garner, garnering some of that buzz. He gets injured, and then this team takes a nosedive at the end of the year. Now that he has this extension, 
when you and you guys were talking about it, like the second he became extension eligible, he he sought after that contract. So now that he has that and has a security that he clearly wanted, what do the expectations have to be for this team, given the division they're in, given what their roster looks like, and, and the security for both head coach and the quarterback? Yeah, we just talked about it on Get It with RG3. I, I think the expectations are high. He has to show that he's a top 10 perennial playoff contender and win multiple playoff games. Like, you know, you're paying him as the, again, being reported as the second highest paid uh, quarterback. Of course, you know, the Devils are in the details, but if that's close to true, he has to step his game up, show improvement, and um, like I said, make them a team that's perennially in the uh, playoff conversation. And it feels tough in that division, doesn't it, Mike? It just feels like, you know, you're sitting here thinking to yourself, it's a great day. We have our quarterback extended. That's really cool, but... This division still includes the defending champs plus a 49ers team that we're talking about uh, more today on the show that we think can be very, very, very good. Where's Arizona go from here, though, Michael? You have the the the, car, the 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 Kyler deal done, and that's obviously that was the primary objective, probably the entire off season, but certainly uh, the one leading into training camp. Is there anything else they can do between now and the start of the season that you think would help their chances, or what are the keys for them to break through and not be a team that is defined by a second-half failure? Yeah, they, they Hollywood Brown has to play well for them early on. You know, they flipped one uh, their first-round pick for a third in Hollywood Brown, and he's got to play well early. They got to survive losing DeAndre Hopkins, who's a great player. So, to me, that's the key field. How quickly can Marquise Brown? shoulder a lot of that load, hit those home runs. He's explosive, um, but that's clearly why they paid a premium to get him, and it's necessary for them to, um, at least for Hollywood Brown's sake, to play well, especially early in the season. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. We're talking with Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, for those who, who don't remember the six-game suspension he, he has to serve, uh, that will take place this season. Kyler Murray will be without his top target for the first six games of the year, and we'll see how that thing plays out. Um, elsewhere in the NFL, Josh Rosen has a new home. Former Arizona Cardinals quarterback was just signed to a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns, and of course, all of this is on the heels of what we're waiting on. The news about a potential Deshaun Watson suspension. Jacoby Brissett is in the building for the Cleveland Browns, supposed to be the quarterback in waiting if Watson is indeed suspended for multiple games. So what do you think this means? By How do you think this plays out with Josh Rosen coming into the fold? Like, do you think there will be a legitimate quarterback competition, or is he truly coming in to back up Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, I think it's going to be Brissett's job, assuming that Deshaun Watson's not there. Um, you know, Rosen's flash. He's, um, you know, former top 10 pick out of UCLA. He had a ton of ability. It just hasn't worked out for him for a variety of reasons. And uh, you're not going to sign a quarterback on, you know, call it uh, Friday the 22nd to have him start uh, on opening day. So I, I would be really surprised if Jacoby Brissett wasn't the starter. Mike T, as always, great stuff. You are ESPN Radio's favorite guest. He's the great Mike Tannenbaum. You can follow him on Twitter. You can find him on some television or radio show near you because, frankly, the man is always on. Mike, we'll talk to you again soon here. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks so much, guys.
Who doesn't love Mike Tannenbaum? Seriously. He's the best. You're, you're right. He is like the most reliable person that we have. Yeah. Uh, he's always available. I feel like whether it's an early morning show that we have on ESPN Radio or one of our ones later at night, he's always around to come on. He's America's general manager. That's, that's right. That's really what he is when, it, when we boil this whole thing down. Um, I'm and sure I, also- I have an idea, Courtney. It's, it's, this just dawned on me that okay. if you are looking for your own Mike Tannenbaum, there is only one place that you can find Another Mike Tannenbaum. Let me ask you a question. Are you tra- Are you excited to travel this summer? Have you ever thought about all the people that make a vacation truly great, like Mike Tannenbaum, like the chef at that world-class restaurant or the tour guide with great stories? You know, if you're hiring, you can find great people like Mike Tannenbaum or these people for your roles at ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm happy I'm back. Happy I'm back with my teammates and uh it's going to be a great year. We cannot doubt a Tom Brady-led team. But, yes, Gronk not being there is a big issue for them. The touchdown-to-interception ratio of 48-0 to zero with Gronk on the field in the red zone, that is something that we can't take lightly. Third, if I had to guess right now, I mean, I think the Rams are clearly the team to beat to bring so much back from a championship team that beat the Bucks last year and knocked them out of the playoff. I think the Packers are right there. You can make a good case for the Bucks as a solid third. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Field Yates, sitting in for Greeny on this Friday morning. All right, we shift gears to our two-a-days series, this time previewing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who got their quarterback back after 40 days of retirement. Tom Brady said, to heck with that, I want to play football again and is in search of the next step for this Bucks team after they bowed out in the divisional playoffs to eventual Super Bowl champion Los Angeles. So, Field, like, when we try to, like, project out what this year looks like for Tampa Bay and realizing that Brady didn't just come back here to make it to the divisional playoffs, to me, this is a Super Bowl or bust team. I know that we've heard Brady talk about his own expectations. Devin White was saying that they believe, like, they know where this team has to go this year because Brady coming back back makes them a contender how do you see the Bucks when you project them out in the NFC this year amongst the other Super Bowl favorites all right so Courtney okay until that last part of the question I was going to keep it really simple how do I project the Bucks out they have Tom Brady and when you have Tom Brady you have a chance so the simple answer is I think that the Buccaneers are absolutely unequivocally a playoff team a division leader a likely division winner and a Super Bowl favorite Now, that's where things get interesting, though, is how do you stack them up against the Rams, excuse me, against the Packers, against some of the other teams in the NFC that we think also have Super Bowl aspirations. And I think a big part of me believes that this Bucs team is as good as any of those other teams that we're talking about in the NFC. So if I had to sort of point to the warts or the question marks for the Bucs, here are the things that would stand out to me. One, it is a slightly reshaped offensive line. Both of their starting guards are no longer there from last season. They are going to start two new guards, and that was a strength for them for the past handful of years, or the past, excuse me, couple of years with Brady under center. Beyond that, Chris Godwin is uncertain to start the year. 
Uh, Antonio Brown was on this roster to begin last season, remember, and he is no longer there. Obviously, he went AWOL midseason, so it's not like they had him for the entirety of the year, but still, a skill group that is Mike Evans plus Cameron Brait or Kyle Rudolph plus Russell Gage plus maybe Jalen Darden to begin the season is not the same as one that last year out of the shoots was Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski, right? It's just not quite as lethal as it was last year. And then on defense, the team is going to have to deal with at least one key departure or two key departures amongst the front seven, which are both Jason Pierre-Paul and also Ndamukong and Sue, who are both unsigned at the moment. So there have been some departures this offseason that are notable. That being said, I still... I, I mentioned the warts. I'm still having a hard time betting against this team because of the Brady factor. Where do you stand on this? I'm with you there. And I look at some of the departures. I look at also some of the unknowns. And it's always going to be hard for me to go against a Tom Brady-led team. Like, this guy did not come back to play checkers this year. He came back to win a Super Bowl. So with the shape of the NFC... And especially like what the AFC looks like, everybody is like cannibalizing each other in that division. Like the NFC's top heavy, where you have the Bucks, the Rams, the Green Bay Packers as teams that, you know, are in one echelon and then it's kind of everyone else. So I feel like this team, with the way the roster is currently constructed, should in theory be able to, you know, run through the NFC this year. But I have questions. I have questions about Chris Godwin. And I have questions about what his role is going to look like in this offense now that Gronk is gone. And, and having seen the last time this team played and how – what did the Rams do with Cooper Cup? They used him everywhere, Field. And it made me wonder, like, can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do something similar, run their offense through Chris Godwin in that fashion, assuming he's healthy, assuming everything's good to go this year – and have that be the X factor for Tom Brady at this part of his career. Because we know they have weapons. Yeah. But we also know some other weapons departed, either via retirement, like Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard left. Um, and so that's that's probably like my biggest holdup is how does this offense change now that you know Bruce Arians is is, is you know in the front office somewhere? Todd Bowles takes over as a head coach. You know we know Byron Leftwich and what all that he can do in terms of being a play caller. But like what changes to help them? get past the Rams if they end up matching up with them again in the, the divisional playoffs. I don't want to I don't want to take the easy way out here Courtney, but it feels like the factors that could determine who are the best, who is the best team and let's let's call the the NFC's like power brokers right now, the Rams, the Packers and the Bucks in one category with like a next tier that probably includes the 49ers, maybe the Saints, maybe the Cowboys or Eagles, maybe the Cardinals, right? Like, I think that's a fair sort of general description of the NFC. And I think that the reality is that I'll have a much better feel or an ability to suss out how capable the Bucks are of overtaking the Rams or staving off the Packers based off what we see during the season, right? Like, sure. each of them has question marks. For the Packers, there's no more Devontae Adams. For the Rams, while, of course, they kept the band together with some key pieces this offseason and gave a whole bunch of money to Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford, there's no Von Miller. There's no Darius Williams, as an example, right? Like, they lost some key pieces as well this offseason, so it feels like those 18 weeks between 
Labor Day and the middle of January are going to help us figure out just who has the edge. I know that's the easy way out right now, but I truly believe like I can make a compelling case for any of those three teams as the very best in the NFC based strictly off of what we know right now. ESPN Radio, two-a-days rolls on. We will have more on the San Francisco 49ers coming up later here on Greeny. But straight ahead, which NFL team has the best offensive playmakers? That's next. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With training camp right around the corner, Bill Barnwell took out for his annual tradition to rank every team's running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends in an article that's up right now on ESPN Plus and ESPN.com. So when you stack the best and the worst offensive playmakers, you get this list. It's not a list field that necessarily is saying these teams will – it's not like a ranking. It's not a power rankings, not you know a projection of the best teams, but just simply based on who the quarterback has around him. Right. No offensive and, line. No offensive line. No, no. A lot of things are not considered here except for the weapons that quarterbacks have. So as you look through this list, there's some pretty good teams in the bottom 10, which again does not project that they will finish in the bottom 10 this year, but it's based on who they have on their roster. And it makes you wonder if really like the, the, the ingredient for success here in the NFL is not necessarily rooted in having the best weapons. Right. Like I so I agree with you. And so if I'm so I'm looking at this list and I'm looking at it from thirty two down. So from thirty two to one and from thirty two to twenty three, Courtney, I see four teams. That would definitely not be a surprise if they are in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, it would be a surprise if at least three of them do not make the playoffs, maybe pending Deshaun Watson's status, which of course means the Browns are on this list. But at 29, the Green Bay Packers, which a lot of this is the byproduct of trading away Devontae Adams. You're inevitably going to take a massive hit when you move on move on from at least the number two wide receiver in the NFL, perhaps the best wide receiver in the NFL Madden agrees that Devontae Adams is the best at his very position. Then you go down all the way to 26, the New England Patriots, who the Patriots roster is more like, they're sort of like um, strength in numbers than they are laced with pro bowlers, right? I don't know if the Patriots have a single guy who right now is considered a top five player disposition, but they're going to be pretty good this year, right? They won 10 games last year with a rookie quarterback. They didn't finish strong, Courtney, but they played really, they had a seven game winning streak in the middle of the season where you're like, Dang, like, Mac Jones is the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. You move all the way down to 25 from 26, you get the Baltimore Ravens, who, again, last year had basically everything go wrong, and they were at one point like 8-3. and three. They finished 8-9 and nine with a bad losing streak, but that was without, like, almost their entire roster. They called me to play <laughs> linebacker for them at one point last year. I thought they wanted you to play receiver. Uh, receiver, that's all. I was two, two-way player, duh. Uh, two-way player, running wide receiver and linebacker, no big deal. And the Browns at 23 
who the Browns have, you could make the case, the best running back duo in the NFL with Nick Chubb and also Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper now aboard. And I'm thinking to myself, Courtney, like if four of maybe the NFL's 14 playoff teams are in the bottom 10, is this a referendum on the importance of, maybe not a referendum on the importance of having good skilled players? You'd like to have them. Of course, everybody wants to have great skilled players, but that maybe the way to go about your roster might be that there are other spots where premium value is more important, whether it's a pass rush, whether it's cornerbacks, whether it's offensive linemen, maybe that is where you find more commonality amongst playoff teams. Yeah, it's it's not an exact science by any stretch how you can construct a championship winning team. We've we've heard the old adage defense wins championships. I think the current NFL has proven that that's not always true, but you can poke holes in this list, and not like in, in a malicious way, but just like based on what we know about these teams that do have better weapons, like the Minnesota Vikings, a team that I used to cover for ESPN, they're fourth on this list, and yeah. they have a very good group of receivers. Justin Jefferson, you know, we're here, we're talking about Devontae Adams. Justin Jefferson thinks Devontae Adams is the best right now, and he believes by next season we'll be talking about him as the best wide receiver. There's Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Um, there's Irv Smith Jr. at tight end, assuming he can stay fully healthy this season. We actually get to see what his production's going to be. Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, the list goes on and on. Like, they're stacked in terms of weapons. The question's never been on the weapons in Minnesota. It's been on can Kirk Cousins use those weapons to help get this team over the hump. They're 8-9 and nine last year. They missed the postseason for back-to-back years. They clean house. Now they have a different philosophy of what they're going to do on offense. So we'll get to see if that system and those weapons – can lift the quarterback instead of do, having it vice versa to, to, to new heights this year. But I feel like there's several teams within the top 10 even that you do have questions about, okay, the weapons may be good, but there are other areas I'm more concerned about, about how far this team can actually get in the postseason. As I'm sitting here and we're having this conversation, Courtney, for those that are watching right now on ESPN+, Plus, you can see the top 10 teams in terms of skilled players. Bengals at the very top with the Raiders, 49ers, Vikings, and Bucks behind them is what I'm maybe wondering is that, like, as far as areas in which you can afford to be deficient and still be competent or even very good, maybe skilled players is near the top of the list. Like, I don't know how many teams with a bottom 10 offensive line we believe could make the playoffs this year, or how many teams with a bottom 10 quarterback we believe could make the playoffs this year, or how many teams with a bottom 10 secondary, as an example, could make the playoffs this year. It's almost like you can piece it together at running back, wide receiver, and tight end more effectively than you can other holes on your roster. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. And, I mean, in that top ten list, like, Miami's nine. Their quarterback is Tua. Yeah. Philadelphia's eight. Their quarterback is Jalen Hurts. What's the commonality there? A lot of question marks about whether those two are the guys for their respective franchises. Sure. Can't have bottom ten, bottom 15 quarterback play and, and, and expect to be successful here in the NFL. So I think that factors into it uh, very much in the same fashion. Coming up next, Kyler Murray got his extension. Do we think Lamar Jackson is next and when? This is Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.